and welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Poppy's of Poppy's.com in Omaha, Nebraska, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman Ali of TheConjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we'll be joined by a special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Real Workers, Madam Nadia of MadamNadia.com in Chicago, Illinois, bringing us today's topic on the art of production. Afterwards, they'll take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of voodoo, conjure, or root work as divine and described by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Miss Cat and Conjurman Ali. Miss Cat? Hello, Papa Newt. So nice to hear your smooth tones. Every time I hear your voice, honey, I always remember the day you just did a fill-in, and people in the chat room went, "Oh my God, his voice!" Yes. <laughs> and we just, and we discovered a radio star. Well, you just have a lovely voice. Um, you know, I've never asked you, Papa Newt. Do you sing? I don't. I've never explored that aspect. <laughs> you just, you just have a radio voice. All right. Well. You're something else. And for those who are uh, um, not familiar with uh, Papa Newt's other extravagant talents, um, he's going to be presenting a workshop at the 11th Annual Hoodoo Heritage Festival. We just finalized that deal this last week. Um, And on Saturday in the morning, uh, Papa Newt, if you come out to the Hoodoo Heritage Festival April 14th and 15th in Santa Rosa, California, and you can look it up online at hoodooheritagefestival.com, but Papa Newt will be presenting a workshop on working with Catholic folk saints. And um, those of you who know Papa Newt through Facebook have seen his beautiful pictures of his altars, St. Expediti, mm. St. Anthony, St. Joseph, um, so, Papa Newt, I'm just going to give you a second here. Tell us what you have planned for that workshop on Catholic folk saints. Well, we're going to explore the different uh, the different saints and how to really um, connect and develop a relationship with them, which is very important mm. with any any spirit, and just understand their history, their background, even the imagery that is utilized in the artwork. There's so many secrets there in connecting to the saints. Well, you know, what's what's so wonderful about this is that it's a long-standing tradition, and it has not been well-served by the Internet, unfortunately. And I am so happy to support you as you come out of this, you know, um, you know, there's all these folks who come in to think, I want to be in magic. Oh, I'm going to. I'm going to read a list of saints, and I'm going to work with these saints. And they make up something, but they leave behind and don't pay attention to the literally hundreds of years of folk traditions, mostly developed in Europe, of working Mm. with these Catholic saints. And um, 
So I'm just going to sit back and watch you present that workshop, and I'm sure I'm going to learn something. As it relates to hoodoo, there are um, some areas of the United States in which African Americans were uh, converted to uh, Catholicism, particularly in the area that was the so-called Louisiana Purchase, in other words, Florida and Louisiana, and also in the state of Maryland, which kind of eases on over into Washington, D.C. Maryland was founded by Catholic colonists. And in those areas, uh, Catholic folk saint work persists, both in French forms and in uh, regular, uh, I would say, uh, Central European, Northern European, Western European styles um, that are Catholic in the form of Italian, French, Belgian, and English Catholicism. So those parts of hoodoo are alive and well. And um, I'm really pleased that you're going to be giving us something on that. All right. Now, speaking of the festival, I am hard at work. I've been um, editing Lithomancy by John St. Germain. This is a book on stone casting, casting with stones. I just finished the chapter, editing the chapter on runestones, and I have to say that for the first time, the whole history of runestone divination really kind of gelled for me. Uh, Mm. John is a very good writer. I've known a lot about this, and I've written about it, oh my gosh, way back in the 1990s. But in editing John's work, all of a sudden it became very clear to me how it works. And um, I never was much of a runestone reader because, hey, it was Nordic and, you know, something about those Germanic people and their Volkish movement just kind of, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, I just sort of, I just said, okay, you know, have have fun, guys. I'm going someplace else, right? But <laughs> I got it. I It took John St. Germain's book, Lithomancy. So now I'm going to run up to every Jew I know <laughs> and say, check it out, this really does make sense, and it's not as scary as you thought it was. (laughs) Um, I know there's a lot of Jews who do read runestones. I was just one of the ones that had to be, you know, dragged kicking and screaming into it, and John St. Germain (laughs) did it. So that's the book Lithomancy. And I am so happy with this, what he did there. And plus, there's so much else in this book. There's Wicca, witch runes, there's... um, all you name it, you name it. If you can take a stone and throw it out, there's coins, there's everything. It's a good book, and um, and very accessible, like all of John's books are. So that's what I've been up to, getting ready for that festival. And um, of course, tickets are on sale. Buy your tickets now. And unlike previous festivals, we will be um, selling. Well, I shouldn't say that. Like long time ago previous festivals, but unlike mm. recently previous festivals, mm-hmm. we will be selling tickets for each workshop at the door. We've returned to that system after, I think, four years of having only weekend tickets. So this way you can pick and choose what you want to see. And um, because we have teamed up with the Santa Rosa Mystic Fair, if you're not going to take a workshop, you're going to skip some workshop or another, although you shouldn't. They're all good. But you can go out into among the vendors and there is uh, going to be a, there's a huge room. If you've ever all been to the Santa Rosa Veterans Building or if there's a veterans building in your local town built by the WPA, you know what I'm talking about. Huge building, big auditorium filled with vendors. It's a regular psychic fair. So we're going to be part of that institution this year. All righty, so that's it for what I've been up to. <clears throat> How about you, Conjurman Ali? 
Well, you know, been quite busy. Uh, the theme of love has certainly been developing this month, so I've done lots and lots of love work, uh, which carries on after Valentine's Day, uh, to be honest with you. So doing lots of uh, fun work there. The house smells wonderful from the incenses and candles that have been burned. Uh, so that's the positive of love work is that you do it and everything smells great. I joked last week that it's like baking cookies, right? Everything suddenly smells great in the house. Um, and it brings <laughs> a, po- a wonderful, positive energy and uplifting. Go there is, like I said last week, there's a, this year, um, the love work has been one with a bit of an edge to it, right? People, there's been a slight element of desperation and frustration uh, in it. So it's, it's definitely been a quite interesting um, I, I was telling my students the other day, because I do quite a bit of love work, and this is very much in themes uh, or in line with the theme that our wonderful enchantress extraordinaire, Madame Nadia, <laughs> has uh, presented to us. Was, I was preparing for the topic about seduction, and we were just finishing up some candle work, and my students were looking at some of the candles. Um, and I said to them, I was like, I love this topic so much that someday when I'm old and gray, I will write down all my secrets of seduction and love um, that I've collected and the stuff that I've used in my personal life and for my colleagues and for my clients and whatnot, which is more than just a collection of love spells, but actual techniques of seduction and what to do to actually get a date when you're right in front of a person, how to use astrology to pick people, pick up people. I will someday write all those secrets down, you know, many, many years later and call it the Red Book and it's be Condramanza all these secrets of seduction. So that is my That sounds segue. great. That sounds great. Hey, if you want me to publish it, I will. <laughs> I'm totally down. Um, so that that is yeah. my segue into Madame Nadia and the wonderful topic that we have. <laughs> I, I, and as we bring Madame Nadia on, I'm gonna I'm going to confirm something you said. This year's love work, and we always do a lot of it leading up to Valentine's Day. This year's love work has had an air of desperation yep. about it, um, and yep. I have had a couple of um, uh, interesting situations with clients whose. Love work was way out on the emotional, metaphysical, spiritual, right? not so loving. Yeah, edge. It's it's in the air. It's kind of interesting. And to, and I and I yeah. So we're gonna see. There's that element of seduction that is hotter this year than there has been, mm-hmm. rather than the mm-hmm. the Bill and Coo cuddly cuddly. And so I'm mm-hmm. really glad we have Madam Nadia with with us. So welcome to the show, Madam Nadia. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So good to be here. Yeah, well, first, yeah, I missed you too. Now, Madam Nadia, for those of you who are new to this show, and there's always someone new, um, she has been my uh, friend for so many years. I don't want to say how many, a long time. (laughs) Um, um, I met Madam Nadia. Uh, She did a tarot reading for me and blew my mind, and I went, I must be allied with this woman. Um, over the years, we've done various projects together and uh, always happily, always enjoy being around her. And when I'm not able to be on the show, Madam Nadia is kind of my go-to uh, guest host. So I sometimes miss her because I'm out of town. She's on the air. <laughs> but you all probably know her better <laughs> from that. So, Madam Nadia, give us a real quick update on what you've been up to right now before we get into our topic. Sure, but before I even go into there, I have to say that um, when I met Kat, I was a tiny little baby witch 
that had a horrible situation <laughs> on her hands, and nobody was able to save it. And uh, with the help of Miss Cat, I actually was able not only to save the situation, but to save the life of a person. So I am forever grateful. Oh, wow. And uh, it's been many years. Ah. It will be many years. And um, there is uh, wisdom, knowledge, care, love, and compassion for uh, uh, Miss Cat in my heart. Um, and I'm always grateful for any opportunity to participate in projects and come on the show. And, of course, it's always fun to be the guest because I get to hang out with two of my favorite people, Miss Kat oh. <laughs> and Tanjaman Ali. So, um, yes, let me tell you after just now that we're all emotional and in, in the uh, heart <laughs> chakra expanding into the universe. Um, I've been really busy, you guys, and I, I don't know what's happening in the stars, but for the first year – Sort of from the beginning of the year, whatever is happening with Saturn this year is very, very good for me because this is the first time that Saturn and this triple, little triple Gemini is making friends. And I'm making mm. some very interesting business moves, some very interesting personal sort of adjustments and putting systems in place and understanding things that perhaps even five, ten years ago I could not comprehend. So I've been really busy about rebranding, rethinking what I want to do and what kind of offerings I want to bring to people and how can I unite all of these different things that I do because I've been a ritualist, as I say now, I've been a card slinger for many years. I am a filmmaker, I'm an artist, I'm a life coach, I'm doing all these different things. So right now I'm kind of putting it all together and, of course, doing a lot of readings and doing a lot of um, um, work for clients. And at the same time, you know, Sweet and Foxy, uh, me and my partner, Jaya, we're, we're, we're kicking some butt with that podcast as well. So that's kind of what I've been um, doing. Well, um, very yeah, busy, and very I, good. For- I forgot to mention Fit and Foxy. My gosh, I should have said something about that. My, <laughs> my excuses are hereby tendered. Fit and Foxy, your radio show is fantastic, and this is a, a what I call a magical lifestyle show, mm-hmm. and it's it's about keeping your health, your physical condition, your prayer life, your attitude, uh, your affirmations. It's fit and foxy. It's about sexuality and seduction. It's about living the good life. If you all don't know about the Fit and Foxy radio show, check it out, and um, and uh, it's a it's really a an amazing show on the LMC Radio Network. So thanks for letting me plug it. Now, yeah. oh. so, well, and of course, with you, you uh, folks, she's a Gemini. So mm-hmm. um, that's why it's everything from filmmaking to radio yeah. to spell casting to divination. Um, it's it's the life of the Gemini. I have Gemini rising, so we meet on that level, and. Mm-hmm. Um, and Madam Nadio, you are a very versatile person. Very, very versatile. Um, all right, let's get into it. Tell us, just lead us right off into Everyone knows what seduction is. Now, I'm going to say one thing before. I said t- take it away, but I just have to say something. I've been thinking a lot about seduction because of the mm-hmm. whole um, sexual harassment thing, the Me Too movement, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where, does, where, does that, where does seduction cross the line? Now, mm-hmm. you know, how much how much push can you give before you're all of a sudden getting fired from your job at the Republican Party? <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. I'm uh, just saying. Apparently, you know. apparently not. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm laughing. I'm laughing at a little bit of this, but but seduction means to lead someone under. In other words, mm-hmm. to lay them out so nicely you may lay with them. And there mm-hmm. is an element of um, control in seduction. It is not like hail fellow met well met let's fuck. You know, mm-hmm. seduction mm-hmm. has that extra moment of mind changing, attitude movement, you know, um, showing yourself off and making yourself extra appealing to that certain person. So having said that, Madam Nadia, give us some tricks for seduction. Seduction. I love seduction, but I think that before we can do any kind of tricks, we need to figure out how we feel about seduction to begin with. And my approach to seduction is that we need to be able to seduce not just a person. We need to learn Mm -hmm. how to seduce the world around us. Because Mm -hmm. every interaction that we have, whether we are trying to sell something online or we are on Facebook or we're meeting with a person or we're meeting with a clerk or we're talking to a potential lover, we want them to look at us and say, this is the person that I like. This is the person that I'm going to open my door to. This is the person that I'm going to give a favor to. This is the person I'm going to choose to be with me. And in order to be successful in that, we need to practice the art of seduction across the board. And for me, it's very much connected, you know, how my roots are in Hinduism and Shakta Tantra. And there is this uh, concept that's called Lila, in uh, Hinduism, and that's a cosmic play, and it mm-hmm. can be either our play with the universe, any action is a cosmic play, or God's interacting with the devotees, this is a cosmic play. So if we start looking at seduction from a playful point of view, almost in universal cosmic ways, we can get out a little bit of just, you know, the I am just going to trick you into doing what I want you to do and keep you in that way because I benefit from it to a sort of type of attitude. And you guys were talking how much there has been uh, desperation in love work. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I see desperation in love work is because folks do not love themselves and folks do not understand this um, elegant play and joyful play of learning how to be seductive, learning how to interact with the world and feel like they're worthy and they deserve things and they deserve to be successful. And this play is a good play. Also, if we educate our children and our boys about what is okay and what is not okay in terms of seduction, we're going to have less need to hashtag out there in the world. <laughs> so I think that this is, you know, that, that, that having talk conversations like that about seduction and making it bigger, not just in terms of I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get laid tonight because I can, you know, look and, 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 and say something to a person to get them into me. Yes, that's important. You know, we all want to get laid, but that's beyond that. We all want to have this, continuous, if you will, intercourse with everything that's around us that's going to give us an orgasmic, explosive experience no matter what we touch and what we do. And this is a really big thing for me working with my students, working with people that I'm coaching, 
and trying to instill in them this understanding that you, if you want to be successful, a successful seducer, you need to be a successful seducer across the board, and it's going to start within you with your self-worth, with your own energy and how you feel about yourself. And this is a lifelong process. We learn. It's possible to learn how to seduce, but point zero mm-hmm. is where we are and how we feel about ourselves and about our interaction with the world. So this is sort of the beginning stages for me to start working with a person or working myself, trying to adjust things. Mm. And we all have places to work, right? We're not just, nobody, I don't know, probably there are people that born, you know, completely, they're like, okay, I'm perfect. Everything is great. I know how to seduce the world. But most of us, we do need to do the homework. We do need to learn, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, that is that is so important. A feeling of self-worth and self-realization, self-knowledge is central to being seductive. And this mm-hmm. is where it begins to differ from um, that kind of needy, pushy, you know, be yeah. with me or else kind of thing, or the power, you know, the power play. Because if you are that bright and shining cosmic spirit who is at cosmic play, you will be attractive. They, yes. you know, those who see you, and you don't have to break down their resistances. You don't have to make them uh, do what mm-hmm. you want. They are. They simply, if they're available, they will let them, you know they're available. It's a. It's a meeting of, of those who can dance the dance together. Now let's get into some practical stuff. I'm mm-hmm. going to just throw out my simplest seductive thing, and I was taught this so long ago. It's just a. It sounds almost non-magical, but it is magical. It sounds like I'm just talking about, um, you know, um, biology, and I am, but it's magical biology. As I have said many times, um, men are generally speaking taller than women. Uh, that means that um, most, uh, if, a, if heat rises and fragrances of our body, the natural scent of our body, or any scent we put upon our body, will be heated by our body and will rise. A woman who is most often shorter than a man, her fragrance will rise up to that man's nostrils. And so he will smell her more than she will smell him, generally speaking. We can smell Mm -hmm. men, but, you know, but men are definitely on the, they can smell us more. If a woman wears a skirt, all her vaginal aromas, which are so appealing to the male, will go downward because the skirt stops the upward progress of that. So of course, if you if you dress with a skirt, as in the old days, I was told, you take your finger and touch pussy and put some of your pussy juice behind your two ears, because mm. that carries that pussy scent upward to the man's nostrils. Now, if you don't want to just use raw pussy juice, you can also add a little perfume perfume behind your ears. But people always say, why did I was I told by my mother and my grandmother put your perfume behind your ears, honey? Well, that's mm-hmm. why because it's up there where the man can smell it. So pussy juice behind the ears uh, along with any good perfume including magical perfumes yeah. like um come to me or whatever is what works for me i like kiss me now the most of all of those mm. okay. kiss me now is really good yeah yeah mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. and it's been also shown that men of course i'm speaking as a as a cisgendered female here men tend mm-hmm. to like the smell of vanilla 
a lot. Yes. And uh, mm-hmm. Kiss Me Now mm-hmm. has any any perfume with that. You don't have to just you know bake vanilla cookies for them, but it does work. <laughs> no, it is true. Mm-hmm. Vanilla is a very strong scent that, that men are, are are drawn to. And, and whenever you're doing any type of seduction work, you should always, and I tell this to my clients, you should always put a bit of yourself in that work. So I tell clients um, to make kind of custom scents. Right. If you're mixing a couple oils together, make sure that a bit of your sexual fluid is added to that. Right. It's a bit of you in that. So you've almost customized the oil to what it is you're doing. Whether you know you're like, you know, if I mix a little bit of come to me, a little bit of kiss me now, and I wear that as a scent, fantastic. You've got a great scent. It's magical. It's powerful. Now add a bit of your your sexual fluid to that, and then put that behind uh-huh. your ears, and that's uh-huh. going to be super powerful. So I always tell clients, put a little bit of it, in, even if you're not wearing it as a scent, putting it in it, and then using it in candle work or whatnot. But my approach to to seduction, or one part of it, I approach it in a variety of different ways. And I always tell clients is that there's two parts to seduction. There's the increasing of internal magnetism, which is the first part and a very important part. And the second is influencing others. And successful seduction involves a little bit of both. And so to do that, you need to know who you are and who they are that you're trying to attract. And a really good approach to this is the zodiac. I use a lot of astrology in in my seduction work, um, and it works out fantastically. So let's say you're a Taurus, right? If you're a Taurus, then you need to recognize from a practical point of view, you are most attractive when you are nurturing and strong, right? So if you can cultivate those, if you wear earthy colors, that is where, where Taurus uh-huh. looks their best. And if, let's say, you, you do that, that increases your internal magnetism. But you're interested in uh, drawing a Scorpio. Well, Scorpio is a water sign. So you'll work with waters in order to influence them. Uh, if you're a Gemini, right, you are the most attractive when you're in a conversation and you are laughing, you know, te- teasing people um. verbally. That is, it makes uh, Gemini super magnetic. But let's say a Gemini is very interested in drawing, say, an Aquarius, an air sign, right? So she'll work with or he will work with incenses because air will influence the Aquarius and so on and so forth, right? Recognize who you are using the zodiac in that way to influence people, to increase your attractiveness is a powerful form of seduction. You start by increasing your own magnetism and then influencing in a more targeted way the person that you want to draw to you. Oh. You know, you yeah. This is this is really true. Um, basic sun sign uh, zodiac yeah. um, but, uh, information will really help you in seduction. There, you can get deeper into it. For instance, mm-hmm. I have um, Venus conjunct Mars in Aries, yes. and so that kind of gives me a little thing right there. But um, but I was certainly, uh, and I just uh, put this through in the chat room. My husband is a Scorpio. And uh, to no surprise, his favorite color, although he will always deny it, I don't have a favorite color, but his favorite colors are blue-green. You know, he Uh surrounds himself with blue-green things, very Scorpio, typical for a Scorpio. Um, I know that if I wear blue-green, if I have stones like blue topazes, he's attracted to that. It, it, It just goes to what he wants. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah. love it. I I enjoy working with astrology as well, but you guys are way, 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 you're like astrology, advanced astrology. I, I am not an astrologer, but I know enough to be able to work with 
sigils and seals. And what I like to do for clients, and that's been my recent, like, the biggest thing ever, is that I would take a photo of a client. Uh, of course, depending on who they are, their energy, mm-hmm. their astrology and whatnot. And I will start layering digital sigils on that stuff. Now, I'm also an artist, and I know how to work with Photoshop. But what mm-hmm. I do is that I work with the hours. I work with the planetary hours. I work with the sigils, angelic sigils, even full sigils. doesn't matter. I create a layered digital sigil that is both attractive but is also empowering for the carrier. And what happens is that I lower you, those um, things are not visible anymore. Just the picture the client wants or their own picture, and I send it to them. And they put it on their Facebook, on their social media, on their LinkedIn, and you know where? On their phone as the screen. Because every Mm -hmm. time they look at their phone, they remind themselves of the work. And you know what? We carry our phones everywhere. So if you're sitting in a meeting or if you're sitting on a date and you pull your phone and just click on it, oh, it's just my home screen, this little cute puppy. But within that little cute puppy, you have like a whole legion of this amazing, attractive energy mm-hmm. that is there. And another thing that I do is that It's wonderfully sneaky. It, it is sneaky. And, it's, you know, this is the technology kind of like mm-hmm. utilizing what's going on around us. But in addition to that, I do it personally. I ask my clients to do that, especially if we're working with issues where we need to empower somebody and also mm-hmm. to get them what they want. Put in your iCall, put in your phone, whatever, digital phone, a couple of notices a day like, I am worthy, I am enough, I am seductive, I am beautiful. Let us, you know, let a little alarm go. And when during that time, you will know that you need to excuse yourself, go to the bathroom, take a little bit of that oil that you added your concerns or maybe your pubic hair or maybe just prayed over it, come to me or kiss me now or whatnot. But at that time, you're going to go, you're going to excuse yourself, and you're going to ritualistically put a little bit of oil on you. So you're going to attune yourself to that desire to be very attractive, to be very seductive, but you're also going to put some oil on yourself, and you're going to come back to that cubicle or to that market or wherever you are. You're, you're going to have this energy heightened and enhanced, and you're going to be on point. It's going to bring you back to like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm hot. Mm. I'm seductive today, I'm, you know? <laughs> so, so a little bit. A little bit of digital trickery, but, you know, you can use the, – the, the point is that you can even use your iCal or whatever digital mm-hmm. calendar that you're using to empower and do any kind of magical work, really. You know, but that's, oh, that's, that's, that's a little trick. I love, I love digital magic in that way. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. I, was, uh, I was just mentioning that I'm so – I'm so a bit of a Luddite uh, compared to both of you. I'm not particularly tech-savvy, tech and the only – phone magic I have is, you know, I have a phone case, and what I do is I hide that, you know, you can easily take off. I have a phone case, and in the phone case, I hide a little bit of powders. Usually, it's influence powder, commanding powder, or if I'm doing love work, love, some type of love powder, so that I can quickly remove my phone and blow the powder out in the direction of the person, or if I need to sprinkle it out on, on the ground. It's a nice way to carry uh, powders without oh. anyone knowing. But the two herbs that I always tell clients that are super important for loving uh, and seduction work, and they are very complementary to one another, is catnip and calamus. Catnip has a very hot oh. effect on men, and if women bathe in it, use its scent, use it in their candle work, etc., it will get men to come around. It's very powerful, it's hypnotic, it's mesmerizing, it's very, very good. The similar herb for men 
that influences women in a hot way is calamus. Calamus mm-hmm. is often seen as a compelling or commanding, mm-hmm. but it has almost the same influence as catnip, but on women. So if men use calamus in that way in their candle work, etc., when they're trying to attract uh, women, it will have that kind of hot effect on them. Mm. That's right. And calamus is especially known as a phallic um, symbol. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna share a a panty spell that um, mm. because speaking of technology, so here's a panty spell if you like oral sex. Some do, some don't. Doesn't matter if the person you want to have um, perform oral sex on you is male or female. This can be used by men or women, for women or men or whatever. What? Um, Madam Nadi was talking about was photoshopping, blah blah blah, and all that. Do you know you can get um, uh, transfer material if you have a, a, a printer, where you can print on a piece of cloth? You all know what I'm talking about, right? Uh-huh, uh, so you uh-huh. get a, you you get a photo of that person's face, right? You, you get it off their Facebook page, whatever. You get a photo of that person's face, and you can actually. Um, you know, make it life size if you want, or you can make the whole face, make it small, but you could just get their, you know, their mouth or whatever, their tongue, whatever, and you're going to print that on a piece of cloth, right? See where I'm going with this? Now mm-hmm. you're going to take your panties. Now you can't use a thong for this. You've got to use panties that are wide enough to, you know, be wide enough to do it. And you're going to cut that piece of cloth on and then whip stitch or baste it in to your panties. Okay? Mm-hmm. And now you say, that person's name, why so-and-so, I want you to lick my pussy. And you wear that in your panties. Mm. Now that's, okay. in, that's a good one. <laughs> now, just walking around with that thing, you're going to feel hot. You're going to be like, oh, my God, it's just like... I'm oh, yeah, so oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everywhere you, everywhere you walk, that person is licking your pussy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool, huh? I, now, I, hot. May, hot. <laughs> so I'm getting now, hot here, and I don't know where to take it anymore after this. Miss Kat just killed it. That's it. We need to, to, to close the show because that is not a going really cool. <laughs> that's a really cool working and such a fantastic way of really uh, developing in the era of using like technology. That's such a fantastic way of working. I love that. I love it. Love it. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. share. And I'm going to share. In the, in the chat room, Miss Michael says, and don't forget the words of power. I want you to lick my pussy. Doesn't that sound oh, wonderful? Mm. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, well, you, go ahead. You guys won't believe what I'm using for the, the most, like, attractive, seductive thing. This is, this is really funny because this is a, a little bit of truth right here. I love violet. I'm going to tell you why. My love affair with the violet started because it's very um, sort of vintage makeup smelled like violet, and I love that. This is mm-hmm. attractive mm-hmm. already. Mm-hmm. But violets have some innocence to them. You know, it's bringing me the true love. It's forgiving and whatnot. So when you start using violets, you kind of bring them to you, and they think, oh, this person is so innocent. They're so gentle. They can't, you know, this woman is just cannot do anything to me. And when you get them really close, then when you pull out, you know, your your printed panties with, like, my pussy, and, and shit just mm-hmm. happens. You know, love just happens. But violets have been very successful for me to sort of cover up for this very, very mm. intense intention, but make it look very like it's a lamb, you know, I'm just gentle, we're not, I have no uh, sassy intentions at all. So, yeah, that's what I like using. Uh, you know, I'm going to throw in something here, too. 
violets have a very distinct aroma, and it's um, yes. they can be um, uh, refined into an essential oil, but it's very, 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 very expensive. And mm-hmm. there is one uh, thing that um, in the chat room, uh, Nagashiva said, roses and violets are my favorite incense. Roses smell like many, many things. There are many roses that have different aromas. But there is one species of rose that smells like violets, and that is the Banksia rose, which only grows in the warmer parts of the United States. But the white and yellow Banksia rose, in particular the double white Banksia, smells more like violets than you can believe. I have them grown all over my property. I, I mean, they're, they're enormous bushes. And at that time of year when the Banksias are, are um, in bloom, everyone thinks it's violets. So just something to think about if you can get Banksia roses. This is not the same as the plant called a Banksia. It's a Banksia rose. If you can get Banksia roses and grow them around your home, at that time of year, your home will be an amazing aroma factory wow. of violets and wow. roses. That's fantastic. Wow. A technique that works, I think, uh, across no matter what the person is, is doll baby work. It really cannot be overstated for seduction work. And the way to do doll baby work, and here's the trick, as I always tell my students, is before you see that person, whatever you want to do to them, you do to that doll baby. You strip in front of that doll baby, you touch that doll baby, you make love to that doll baby. That doll baby has to have all of their senses activated. And then, when you see them in person, just smile and touch them, give them a knowing smile. And guess what? They'll blush because they know they've been having some secret thoughts about you. Wow. Doll baby work. That's amazing. Yes. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead now and do some readings. And uh, we're going to bring on Papa Newt. He's going to bring us our first client. And uh, so, take it away, Papa Newt. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour with your hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali. And this week's special guest, Madam Nadia, will be right back. We'll be taking calls from our listeners, answering their questions through spiritual divination and prescribing down-home conjure remedies and remediation. Our calling clients are selected from among those who, filled, who have filled out a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com. You can listen to the show online through Blog Talk Radio or via telephone by dialing 818-394-8535. If you filled out a client questionnaire at the form, please dial in now to 818-394-8535 and press 1 to let us know that you're available to be on the air. We will select callers uh, by their area code, and if your area code is announced, we'd like you to say hello and let me, your announcer, pop a mute, read, uh, read a brief description of your situation before turning it over to our host. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our first caller. Now our first caller is a first-time caller calling in from area code 803 in South Carolina. This is Amber. Amber, are you there? I am. Hi, welcome to the show and thank you for allowing us or entrusting us with your situation today. Well, thank you because it's been an issue that's been weighing very heavily on me. Ah, Well, we'll see what we can do here for you. Now, I see you're a first-time caller here. You have not had any readings or uh, with Ms. Cat or Contramentally on this particular situation, but you no, have uh, yesterday uh, contacted Deacon Millet, but yet to have not had a response yet. Um, yes, I'm hoping for one soon. <laughs> certainly. And Amber writes, 
a long-time close friend of mine, and I have always had unspoken feelings for each other, but never acted on them, though we did have a sexual relationship. He is now recently engaged to a very controlling and uh, overbearing woman, and he has expressed his apprehension about their relationship and potential marriage. He is one of my best friends, and I feel that he is my soulmate. Two days ago, he told me that he still has a lot of love for me, but I am terrified of losing him and of, of him no longer being in my life. I want to be in a monogamous, romantic uh, relationship with him. Turn it back to you, Miss Katz. All right, Amber. Well, this is interesting because we said we were talking about love and seduction spells. Um, yes, mm-hmm. I was definitely listening to that. <laughs> I hope you paid attention to a little bit of that. Um, Before we do the reading, I'd like to ask um, a bit of a couple of questions. So what is your sign of the zodiac? I'm a Taurus, and he is a Virgo. Okay. Well, that's interesting. I'm a Taurus, and uh, this show is known for its Tauruses, so... um, (laughs) Conjurement uh, Ali is a Taurus too, and and um, I think one reason that we talk so much about sex is that this show is kind of a Taurusy show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is. I, I was I was enjoying it because I'm also really into perfume, and you gave me a few new ideas. <laughs> okay, so. Now, um, and you said he's a Virgo. All right. Yeah. So Virgos, as you may know, um, although an earth sign and very compatible with Taurus, the Virgo is also a bit shy to declare themselves, mm-hmm. and um, yes. they are mutable. And um, and so mutable earth is a hard concept to wrap your head around. Uh, you know, stable or fixed earth like Taurus, well, that means someone who's not going to change. You fall in love, you stay that way until something drastic happens. But mutable earth, the only way you can conceive of it is like a field that is planted like in vegetable crops. You go down one time, it's just bare ground. The next time you go down, there's furrows. The next time all the garlic is up, the next time the garlic's gone, it changes. The next year, it's suddenly lettuce. That is the Virgo. They change, but they are earth that changes. And Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a hard concept to understand. That doesn't mean <laughs> it doesn't mean they <laughs> it doesn't mean they won't be faithful and it doesn't mean they won't be monogamous. But monogamy okay. does not come easily to a mutable sign person, no matter what element they represent. All right, so I'm going to do a reading on this and um, see what I what I get. Card number one is the Four of Wands. Well, this is a card of two people mm-hmm. in very earth signish. There's a fruit and vegetables out there. It's a, a celebration. It can be seen as a celebration of a harvest or a celebration of a marriage. There's people uh, rejoicing. This is the card of the past. I'm doing a three-card cut, so this is the past. The two of you do have a lot in common and would make good marriage partners. There is a... Um, a, a, I don't know if I want to go as far as the word soulmate, but there is a similarity between the two of you that is definitely represented by this card. Also, this card tells me that the best time of the year for you as a couple will always be in uh, spring and summer and in just into early fall, that, that warmer part of the year when the flowers and the fruits uh, are all out and about. It okay. is a card that says that if your friends know about your relationship, it will be better for you. There's a 
there's a sort of a party going on and everyone is celebrating. So if this person tends to keep you as secret, you know, we won't talk about this, that's a bad sign because the the relationship will um, flower and bloom in accordance with how well it is known. So that's for you to decide. I'm not asking you that question, but monitor that. If he has a tendency to, well, we just had a fling, well, we're best friends with benefits, whatever, don't talk about it, keep it on the down low, that's not going to be good for the relationship. The relationship will be better if everything is known. The next card, King of Wands. Well, this is a king, which would represent this man, but it's considered to be the most passive king of the of the card deck that I use, the Rider Waite Smith deck, he is looking to the left to the past, and he's holding a wand, just like these wands that are there. And he's sort of looking, but he's not doing anything. I think this man That's has a problem. <laughs> he's passive. And uh, he got involved with this high-powered woman, and um, yeah. and he doesn't know how to get away from it. You may be able to interpret her as difficult and bad for him, but he may be unable to um, drop her to be with you. He's also looking at something that happened between the two of you in the past. There's a reason that you all aren't together now. Whatever that <laughs> was, that's something on his mind as well. In other words, yeah. he's not done with the past that he had with you, negative as well as positive. So um, there is some uh, potential here, but... Um, but he's going to be a hard one to get his um, his tonality up, his to get him um, up and running, to get him um, concerned with uh, losing you um, and dumping her is going to be hard to make him move in that direction. And now I'm going to ask you one more question. About how old are you and about how old is he? I am 28 and he is 38. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a problem card here, and I wondered what it represented, and and I got and yeah. I realized I had not asked about your Saturn return. So yeah. I don't know if you yeah. know, but you're in it. And the card I got is the Queen of Swords. Her back is turned to that King, and she's alone. And this is a sad card for a woman in some ways because um, she has to make all her decisions on her own, and she is. Um, looking to her future but she's not like with a guy right now and right. so uh, so here's a card that says that you may be a little smarter than this man she's a very intellectual very uh good thinker sharp br- uh, bright mind I, but and i've always been very um independent <laughs> yeah she is independent she is independent woman but um this may not be uh, destined to happen right away. There is a there is a separation here. They're back to back. Now you're in your Saturn return years, and I don't know if you know about astrology or what a Saturn return is. But after this know. show, you you might want to just look it up. But every okay. um, every number of years, the planet Saturn, which stands for limitations and restrictions comes back to where it was on your birth year, and it varies because of the oh, you know, uh, timing issues. But it'll be somewhere around your 28th, 27th, 28th, 29th years, how how you want to measure it. When Saturn comes back to the place it had on your chart, 
it begins to put restrictions and limitations on your life. This is the marker that really is what marks the difference between your young adulthood and your real adulthood, which is now going to last a whole nother Saturn return. So your first Saturn return has your childhood, your teenage years, and your youth adulthood. But then your Saturn return, bang, you can then go into a whole next 28, 29-year period of adulthood. So you're on the verge of that right now. It can be a difficult time because you don't get everything you wanted. And so that's what I see for you now. I'm going to turn this over to Madam Nadia and see what she um, has to say. Okay. Hi, Amber. How are you doing? Hi, how are you doing? I'm fabulous. Thank you very much. I laid some cards down for you, and I'm reading from uh, Rider Waite Smith, sort of almost a clone deck, which is um, the Carol St. Petersburg. But the first card that I got, is the four of coins, and I found it interesting because the first number for Miss Cat was number four as well. But the mm-hmm. four of coins, we call mm. this card sometimes the miser king. And indeed, in my deck, you see this a little guy who's pulling out coins from a from a train from from um from some sort of a chest, and he's like, <laughs> he's pulling those those coins up. And for me, this represents your gentleman. Also, this is an earth suit, and he's a Virgo. Um, There is a connection here to the relationship that he's having, the choices that he's making, because the woman that is with him is able to pull him through and put him on the map in some sort of way. It could be just that financially she is uh, um, empowering him or that he feels very secure and this is one of the things that he needs. He needs to feel security, and um, he is indeed very passive. So if she offers more security than you, then this is where his interest is going. Now, the second card is the Two of Cups, but the Two of Cups came up reversed. Two of Cups is a notoriously beautiful card for love. And I'm not reading reversals in the sense of this is a reverse card and this is a reverse meaning. I'm just reading the energy of it. So to me, there, he indeed has something for you. And the third card is going to confirm it. He indeed has something for you, but he's not ready to put this relationship upright. He's definitely not ready to bring it, put it on the table and tell uh, the woman he's engaged to that this is what, what's been going on. And as long as it's hush, 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 he might continue keeping it going. He might right. continue telling you that you're inter- that he's interested in you and you have you know so many things that he likes about you. And the third card is the Ace of Clubs. The Ace of Clubs is sort of this folly card. It's the uh, upright penis card, if you will. So there's a lot of attraction. He likes you physically. He likes having sex with you. He likes your body. He likes how you look. But you're not offering to him the stability that the other woman is uh, offering. And now. What I did is that I pulled another card, which I usually don't do on the shows. I do three cards, but the last card was justice. So to me, and with your sudden return, it makes a lot of sense, is that when they are going to get married, why one way or another it will separate in a sense that either you will not be able to handle it because now it's legal, it's been signed, it's a, whole, it's a different level of relationship, or he will not be able to do it, not because he doesn't want to, because I think he's kind of enjoying to sneak around because this is his only way to control the controlling woman, but because um, she's going to be so in control that she's not going to allow him to do that. 
So this is my prediction here. We certainly can talk about, you know, the things that can, can help you get him. But what okay. I can see here is that I feel a very strong energy from you and wanting to try and make it happen, and I see more of a sneaky, uh, let me be comfortable and see how things are going to happen energy from him. And this is something to have um, in mind when making decisions about who you want to bind yourself to in your romantic life. That's it. Okay. All righty. So, so what we're both seeing here is that um, this is not like the most promising situation. It's not mm-hmm. saying he doesn't like you. Um, and Nadia, what was that fourth card you pulled? A misjustice. Ah, justice, and of course. Justice, of course. and that connects to that Queen of Swords so beautifully. Yes, of but course, yet it, right, right. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Got it. I understand now. So this justice is an interesting card because it always says uh, seek natural level, but don't pursue to the point that you're going to try to upset the apple cart. Um, it, everything's in balance in justice. All right, let's turn this over to Countryman Ali, and he's going to give you some root work advice. Okay. Yeah, um, you're in a tough position. So a couple things I'm just gonna just gonna say here. You need to you're gonna have to do some soul searching, if you will, based off of the reading that you have received from Madame Nadia and Miss Cat, two of the best readers in, in the industry, um, and both of them are kind of saying the same thing. There's potential there. But you're kind of like star-crossed lovers. The timing is off, right? Where yeah. you are in your life, Saturn return where he is in his life, they're two different places, and reconciling that is not going to be easy. One, because your Saturn return isn't going to end tomorrow, and two, because he's not going to come out of his place where he's at. Secondly, you have, in addition to kind of star-crossed lovers, there's just interpersonal misfire, right? Like a misconnection. He's a Virgo man with a very dominant woman. A Virgo man with a dominant woman is not going to break that off anytime soon. They settle down, they go, okay, I'm just going to follow their lead. Right? That's what a Virgo man does. It's a very common feature of it. With a Virgo woman, it takes a little bit more to kind of tease her out, and it takes a very nurturing man to kind of bring that out of them. So this, this, you're in a tough situation. You need to ask yourself how far you're willing to go in order to address what it is you have to face. Does that mean you're going to start doing breakup work? Does that mean that you're going to start trying to do divorce work to separate their marriage? How long are you willing to dedicate magical work to this situation? And how, you know, how much of effort and investment are you going to make? As a Taurus, you need to set very clear timelines for yourself, very clear um, uh, expectations on how much you're willing to invest. Because we Tauruses, and I say this as a fellow Taurus, and Kat can back me up on this, mm-hmm. we hold on to things, we hold on to things far longer than we should. We right? do, it's and I, of relationships. I'm, I'm the typical stubborn Taurus that will, yeah, you know, do. do anything to try we to get hold what I on. want. <laughs> no, totally. We to- we are, I'm completely get it. We all of our Tauruses are like this. You've got to be honest with yourself. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a love spell, a strong one that works really well for men that are reluctant, to get him to come to you and to tell you the truth and to, uh, you know, put everything out on the table. If this works, fantastic. Then you can you have a clear sign. You know what to do. You can continue to bind him, do you whatever it is you need to do. If you need to help him out, get divorced, whatever. If it doesn't work, you have your sign. If he comes and he plays with your heart a little bit, he's like, oh, I like you, but I can't leave her. That's your sign that he's not going to do anything. If this doesn't work, that's it. 
walk away. Right, and I don't want to be the other woman for anybody. Right, okay, so here's what I'm going to do. We're going to use a a formula here that is uh, inspired by the water of Al-Batum. Waters of Al-Batum is an ancient alchemical seduction honey paste. You find it in 1001 Arabian Nights. It's really powerful, powerful stuff. And we're going to work with that in order to influence this man. So what I want you to do, now it's a, okay. it's a, d- a derivation of it. It's not the exact same. You're going to take ginger and you're going to carve it into the shape of a man. You're going to inscribe his name on it. If you have a personal concern of his, make a slit and then stick the personal concern deep into that uh, ginger. That ginger doll baby is going to be him. We're using ginger to heat him up. You don't need to make a big old giant ginger doll baby, just a small root that you carved out. out. Take your time, put some attention to it. Take a pan uh, and you're going to pour honey into that pan. Add cloves, deer's tongue, cuba berries, star anise, cinnamon, and cardamom. And you're going to pound this all into that honey. Then you're going to start to turn on the heat. Very low heat. You don't want to boil the honey. You're going to place the ginger doll baby into the center of that honey, letting it get warmed up in that honey paste, letting it all turn kind of watery. Okay? To do this. And I'm sorry, I'm trying to write all of this down. It's okay. You should be writing that Ma'am, 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 please listen Listen to me. You should be following us in the chat room. It's all archived there. Don't interrupt. It's just easier for us to talk and you read it later, okay? Okay. All of the links will be there. Everything is in the chat room. We do it. That's how okay. we do it. So well, you're new here, but okay. that's, our, that's our deal. Okay, go ahead, Ollie. <laughs> okay. So once you've heated this up and the, and the honey starts to get really liquidy, you're going to turn it off, let the heat have a dissolve from it, pray over this entire time. And you heat him, you're like, this is the time now. You're going to come to me and talk to me and tell me how much you love me. You are going to be clear, and this is our chance. Go to your backyard if you have one. If you don't have a backyard, you could do this in a potted plant. Dig a hole, place your used underwear in that hole. Pour the honey and the ginger doll baby into the hole. Sprinkle rose water. You've got to get yourself some rose water. Rose water over it. And then you're going to cover it all up with dirt. This is a strong binding spell that gets a man who is reluctant. It heats them up, makes them willing, makes them come to you and tell you their true feelings. If he does it, you have a clear sign to go forward. If he doesn't, move on, cut and clear. Okay, so I'm just going to quickly, as we're just coming to the end here, thank you very much, Amber. So we're going to make that doll, put it Mm -hmm. with your underwear in the hole that has been heated and cooked in the the honey, and then poured rose water, poured over it, and then you demand, Uh now tell me what you feel, and he will, okay? Yes. All righty, what a beautiful spell. Thank you so much, Ollie. That's great work. Okay, we're going to uh, take our next caller, and we're going to turn this over to Papa Newt. Support for this programming is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners, located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by the Balance League, 
a free online prayer service of missionary independent spiritual churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our, take our next client. And our next client is a returning client calling in from area code 862. This is Olivia. Olivia, are you there? Yes, Hi. Hi, welcome back to the show. I see you had a reading with us back in January of 2016, is that correct? Yes. All right, wonderful. The conditions have changed on that reading, but you're calling us about a different topic, is that correct? Right. All right, thank you so much. Now, I see you have, uh, for this situation, you have not had a reading with Miss Cat or Continental Lee, but you have worked with other air members. Oh, oh, in the past, I'm sorry, I misread that. <laughs> and she writes, I am currently in a long-distance relationship with a long-term friend of mine. He originally planned to relocate to my state, but due to unforeseen events, he decided it would be best to establish his life where he currently resides. I'd like to know if I should continue the relationship with the hopes of relocating at some point or keep my options. Turn it back to you, Ms. Cat. Wow. Well, isn't this interesting? Today's we talked about love. We talked about seduction. We got two clients in love relationships, and they're both women. Well, look at that. So, Olivia, welcome back to the show. I'm going to start off by asking, what is your sign of the zodiac? I'm a Pisces, and he's a Capricorn. A Pisces mm-hmm. and a Capricorn. So our Earth sign uh, stuff still persists to a certain yeah, extent wow. here. Okay. Um, Now, I'm going to ask another question, and this is just a simple, mundane question before I turn this over to Nadia, because I'm curious. You, um, Mm -hmm. you, uh, he he, he originally planned to relocate to your state. In other words, when you met him, he was somewhere else, and you met somehow distance, right? Well, no. We actually met in high school about seven years ago, Ah. and we we just decided to... uh, a relationship like within the past three months. I see. So he moved away, and then he was going to come back to where you are, but then he changed right. his mind. Got it. Right. Now, um, but you did date in high school. How old are you now? We actually didn't date in high school. We were just really close friends. We didn't ah, like, just close friends. Dating. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the correction. That makes much more sense. And how old are you now, approximately? I'm 23, he's 24. All right, so no Saturn return on this one. Okay, sweetheart. I'm going to turn this over to um, Madam Nadia, but before I do, I'm going to tell you one thing. My daughter Mm -hmm. is happily married to and has two beautiful sons with a man that she met in high school and didn't date there. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) It can happen. It is not the craziest thing in the world. They, you know, years went by, and they each had other people, and then, oh, well, I knew him in high school, and bingo, there they were, been together ever right. since. Mm-hmm. Just saying, it can happen. So don't don't despair of the fact that you weren't, uh, you know, that you're not together right now. All right, let's give Madam Nadia a go with this. Okay. Well, Olivia, thank you for letting me uh, um, um, read for you. It's a pleasure, and I pulled some cards from my deck. And the first card that jumped at me while I was shuffling is the Knight of Coins. So to me, it's immediately said, your man is out there trying to figure out what he's doing in the world. Um, Mm -hmm. And um, 
what he like how he's going to make his living and his career and stuff like that this is really really important to him and immediately it sort of triggered this idea of like if you want him if you want him for yourself you need to allow him to be successful at what he's doing or find himself if you're going to try to convince him to leave whatever he started doing there and come to you this is going to go against your um, desire to bring him to you now the first, uh, the first real sort of card when I started pulling cards that came up was the card of strength. In the strength, we see a maiden, beautiful maiden, holding uh, uh, the mouth of a lion open, sort of taming the lion. So, a couple of things about this card. One of them, there is definitely attraction, very strong attraction between the two of you, strong, but it's also reminding you that you have to be patient about the situation. Got to be patient because he really is doing what he's supposed to be doing out there in the world. And the second card that follows that is the Ten of Coins. And the Ten of Coins is, again, reinforcing this idea of this is a person who is really, it's really important for him to have the security in his life and to have um, his money and his work and everything situated because before he has that he is not going to be open for relationships he needs to have this in his place and this is the focus that he is having at the moment and if you are able to go sort of to to wait a little bit to be patient about it to keep it uh cooking but from a long distance then you have a chance with this guy the only thing is that there is another card here, the King of Clubs, that was the third card in the draw. And the King of Clubs is telling me that you have somebody else around you that's sort of heating up the situation. And I, I, my, my intuitive feeling here is that you have somebody in your life that's telling you, no, you need to make sure that he's coming to you now. If he's not now in your life, then he's not going to be there for you. This is not for real and blah, 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 blah. So you've got to make sure that you're separating yourself from this person who is talking in your ear and trying to make you make fast decisions because it's not in favor of this relationship. Now, it's a whole other thing for you to decide whether you want to wait for this dude or not because it's going to take him some time. He's not about to come back. He wants to do what he is supposed to do and prove himself. Or do you want to get somebody that's around you because your options are open. With the card of strength with you, you can attract a lot of different men. But you need to decide what you want to do. Are you patient enough to wait mm. for him? Or do you want to open the door for other possibilities? This is what I see, you guys. That makes a lot of sense to me. And in this case, we have um, um, the client is a Pisces, which is changeable. And yeah. so options are open. That is absolutely true. But these are good cards. It will. It may take time, but it. Uh, it's. Let's see what what Ollie has to say. I'm sure you threw a geomantic chart in all that time, right? I did. Thank you, Kat. Um, I yeah. pulled a geomantic chart, and we'll see uh, what it says here. Now, there's a couple things to know. First and foremost, you said he's a Capricorn, right? Capricorns are going to yeah. do what's practical. That's the end, the end of the story, right? This is just the reality of how Capricorns work. Capricorns are going to do what is practical for them. What makes sense, they're going to put that first and foremost. Um, the thing to be concerned about here is Capricorns also tend to be 
relatively like once they pick something, they stick to it. Right. And there isn't a lot of like Tauruses that can be quite stubborn in that regards. So they're there. You're going to need to be more flexible than he is if you're going to make this work. And this is reflected in the geomantic reading. The first figure, the figure of the first house that represents you is Calpa Draconis, the head of the dragon. This is you trying to start something new. It's the beginning of things. You were hoping to bring this man to where you are and really take things to the next level. You're ready. The door is open and you're ready to go forward. But is he ready? And then when we look to him, we look to the seventh house, which rules lovers and partners. And we see Carcer, which is a lock. He is not ready. He's closed off to that idea. It's not just that he's like, oh, I need to settle down here for a little bit. He's very much fixed in what he wants to do. He has a vision of what he's going to be focused on right now. Cursor and is, is not a, a figure of saying, unready to start now. In fact, the two can be, couldn't be more different. Yours is an open door. His is a literal lock. So it is a symbol of saying that he's not where you want him to be when it comes to this relationship. He is not ready to move. This is a Capricorn that is going to dig his feet in. So why is that? What is the secret here? And the projection of points, which is what we do when we calculate, we print and add up all the dots and we subtract them until we get a house, is the second house, which is the house of money. Money is going to take priority. Populous is the figure there. This means that money, and specifically money that is going to make him stable and that is recognizable to others, that is to say that other people view his success. That is what he's going for. He's going to focus on his work. He's going to focus on money. He's going to focus on really getting things going where he is right now. Indeed, when we combine the two figures, when we combine you and him, Cursor and Kappa Draconis, we get Cauda Draconis, that is the closed door. So the chances of him relocating are very small, unlikely, in fact. Um, the figures are saying, nope, I don't think this man is not just, is he not going to come out now? He may not come out ever. He may not relocate. But that doesn't mean you can't have a relationship with him. It just means if you're hoping for him to come out to New Jersey, it doesn't look likely in the future or in the immediate you know, he's not going to be like, okay, I'm, I'm heading out next month. And he's probably not going to be that way a year from now either. That, the, that, that seems to be headed in a different direction. He's really set on where he is right now. But your figure, Kappa Draconis, the head of the dragon, passes to the ninth house, which is the house of moving and trips. So you're the one that will likely have to be flexible when it comes down to this. You might have to consider you moving out or something along those lines or meeting halfway or something in order or becoming, you know, bi-coastal or, you know, having two locations, whatever it is, but you're the one that is going to be involved in motion and movement because your figure moves to the ninth, not his, his very clearly Karsha, the law. So this tells me that there's still a chance. It doesn't mean you and him are over. That's it. It's the end of things. There's potential there. The judge is via. That means that there is a chance for love here. There is a chance for relationship here. Um, but that you're going to have to make all the moves and you're going to have to be flexible. If relocation is important, you're going to have to think about whether you need to relocate for this relationship or not. If you want to be in proximity and make this work, it's going to be about you moving not about his moving. So that's what I see here with uh, the geomantic reading. It's not uh, a positive reading when it comes to moving. It is one that says that there is a relationship potential, but 
don't rely on, don't wait on him to move out to you because it's not really going to happen anytime soon. You're going to have to reassess your position and consider uh, moving from there. So that's what I see here. I'm going to turn this over to Ms. Kat, who is going to give you some root work recommendations on what it is you can do. All right. Uh, thank, thank you, Ali. I do have one question for you, Ali, before I take this up. Um, the You said that her figure passes into the ninth house. What figure is in yeah. the ninth house? The figure in the ninth and the first is Caput Draconis, the head of the Caput dragon. Draconis. Okay, I now I understand. Okay, got it. So, yeah, she's much more um, ready to move on this. It's, yeah. It, it's, uh, got it. All right. Um, well, this was kind of my sense of it, too, based on both readings. Um, have you been out to visit him? I'm actually going next month. All right. <laughs> there you All go. right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Boy, I'm gonna give my go. I'm gonna give my two reader friends a big bonus. Each one of them gets a gold star for that one. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Yeah, you gotta go see him and that that's what they said. All right. So I'm gonna work on just some short term root work just for going to see him. We're not gonna go five years down the road and see if you all have babies and whether you live in Wisconsin. Okay, we're just gonna go right for the for the what uh, what you, what you're gonna take with you when you go, all right. Mm-hmm. So, okay. um, I want you to I want you to prepare yourself for when you go there. I want you to start by taking some of your um, laundry that you might be wearing. Uh, underwears is always a good start, and I want you to use some um, spiritual supplies. Now you can make your own by taking a, a love herbs mix, and you can take any of the the known love herbs, like, you know, oh, catnip or cubebs, cardamoms, the same things that Conjurman Ali mentioned before in making that honey. You can take any of those things um, and mix them together, grind them up, and make a, a quick tea out of them. And um, you don't want to boil them, just infuse them, and then use that tea water to add to your laundry. Or you can work uh, faster by taking a known, reputable, love-type um bath crystal that has a crystal salts in it such as love me stay with me come to me whatever it is you want fire of love i'd use fire of love that would be a good one and you want to take some of that um and put that in your laundry uh, rinse water same way either one it doesn't matter which one you do but you're going to pray over it um when i wear these prepared clothing he's going to um he's going to be so attracted to me he's going to love me so much now you're also going to want to prepare some kind of a gift for him. And it can be anything. And you can make it on the fly while you're there, or you can bring it with you when you come. You can make some um, cookies for him and put your menstrual blood in. Well, you do whatever you want to as far as love magic. You can make um, some uh, thing with sugar or honey that you've prayed over and put his name in. Uh, get a picture of the two of you together, if you have one, or put two two photos together and um, use a little bit of honey and just stick the two pictures face-to-face like you were kissing. Um, put that in your a jar of sugar and then use that sugar to, to cook, make a little treat. If you don't want to make, if you don't cook, you don't like to make treats, um, then you can take that uh, same sort of thing and bathe yourself with a little sugar scrub. Make a sugar scrub. You can learn how to do that. There's recipes for them all over the Internet. But when you show up there, you're going to show up um, dressed and blessed, for sexual seduction and love, and you're going to go to him completely open, like, and and you're going to have to declare in your own heart, if you ask me to move here, I'll think about it. You know what I mean? I'll even do it if you want it. But give it 
everything you've got while you're there. Now, nothing can be settled in a day. And so what's going to happen, you're going to come back home. So now you're going to have to start working with what I call the ringing bell, the tone. It's like a Pavlov's dog. You know, and here's the tone. It, it says, oh, dinner is ready, and it salivates. So while you're there with him, I want you to pick a few words, pick a few ideas that you're going to repeat to him. If you have sex with him, use those words. Use those colors. These are going to be his Pavlovian training tones, okay? And when you get back home and you get to him with a, you know, a, a FaceTime or, or Skype or some sort of a, a, a visual communication, I want you to have phone sex with him and those tones are around. Like whether, mm. like we mentioned before, blue-green. You're going to be wearing blue-green. When you see him, you're going to, you're going to have blue-green around you. Not necessarily the same thing, but just something else. He's going to associate. You find out what his favorite color is and so forth. You won't have the advantage of aroma, which is the greatest sexual seducer, but you will have color. You will have tone, maybe a piece of music, maybe a song, maybe a word that you use. And you're going to be reinforcing those when you're apart from him. Um, I I know it makes it sound kind of... um, Well, people say, oh, you just talk like you're training dogs. But really, that is that card of strength, the lady with the lion. She she trains that lion to love her, and that's what you're going to be doing, the lady mm. and the lion. You're going that's to a great be, point. Yeah, you're going to be having him um, licking your hand, and uh, like the lady and the lion. Look at that card and think about it. That lady and the lion has sexuality written all over it. Does anybody else have anything mm-hmm. to jump in with? No, I, I love that the, the taming of the lion approach. I think is fantastic. I think using the strength card as the kind of base for doing this type of work is is really really good. The other, the only thing I can add to that is, and, and these are fantastic ways that in addition to doing, um, uh, you know, phone sex and whatnot with him, is before you go, prep him. Use a doll baby to say the things you're going to say to him to prime him with those uh, tone words, to po- you know, set up that Pavlovian uh, component before you even go, so that when you go, you then reinforce it in person, and then when you come home, you have that link both with the doll baby and him. You can use it on Skype, and you can use it on the doll baby. And and that reminds Absolutely. me, bring home some personal concerns, okay? Yes. Read up on not spells, and, and, and also get a photo of the two of you together. Whatever it takes, you want a photo with the two of you in that photo and make it a loving photo because you're going to work with that photo once you get back where you are. That photo is going to be, you know, uh, an important part of your spell work. You can call back and we'll give you some more spell work um, on that. Uh, don't Nation be... Sex. I have to yeah. and, and don't... Nut. <laughs> yeah. And don't have it... Don't have it be a picture taken in a bar when you're both drunk. Just don't, okay? You want it to be a picture that... Seriously? You don't want any regrets in that photo. All right. Good luck to you, and we wish you all the best, Olivia. All righty. Well, we're going to turn this over to our um, uh, technical team, and um, we're going to get some announcements from the ether. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, 
Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. Fit and Foxy, Madame Nadia and Jaya Dania, Wednesdays, 6 to 7. And The Witch, the Priestess and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment with Madame Nadia of madamnadia.com in Chicago, Illinois. Take it away, Madame Nadia. Okay, okay, everybody. This is this is a special moment for me because I actually meditated on the situation and came together with a friend of mine who helped devise the items, most of the items that I'm going to be talking about. And this is, I'm going to drop a link in there. Um, but this is um, radical release uh, spell. And you might tell me, Madam Nadia, you lost it because we're talking about attraction, seduction, and all those different things. Why are you talking about radical release? Because, my lovely, lovely people, if you are unable to release the things that uh, hinder you, that don't serve you, that make you sick from inside out, you will not be able to fill your life with beautiful, amazing, and wonderful things. So this is why this spell was made, and I am intending to use it in my consciousness creation sessions down the line. Now, the beautiful thing about this spell is that it uses um, uh, things that are going to help you to work on a situation at the moment, and it's going to continue helping you sometime after as well to to sort of continue this work that you're doing. Because it's very easy to come to a ritual and say, okay, I'm releasing all the different things that bother me. But then the next day when, you know, the situation is the same or the situation hasn't changed yet fast enough to go back to our old ways. So uh, without further ado, let me tell you what I'm talking about. So this radical release ritual First and foremost, you will take a spiritual bath. And I want you to take this bath lavishly. I'm suggesting you put some milk, some rose petals, some lavender, and, of course, my beloved violet leaves. Okay? Take a bath and cleanse yourself. Now, my friend, uh, Lindsay, who is, uh, who's at the shop, I dropped in the chat room made an oil that she called Nadia. And in the beginning, I was like, we should call it something else. But no, we're keeping it Nadia because Nadia in Russian means hope. And I want you to have that. And it has five different types of roses. It has violet and it has crushed uh, rose quartz in it. And it smells beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So you're going to anoint yourself with that oil. And I want you to anoint yourself in a very specific way. I want you to make a cross on your feet, on your hands, on your heart on your shoulders, and on your forehead. And every time you're making that cross, you're going to say, I am worthy. The next thing you're going to do is that you're going to take a pink candle. Now, we have a pink coffin candle for you. And a pink coffin candle is there because we want to release whatever you have to release with complete love and compassion. Because if we're going to start punishing ourselves for the mistakes that we've done and the past that we want to release, we're just going to stay in exactly the same place and we're going to be running after our own tail. So if you can get the pink um, coffin, 
that has roses in it and also has uh, rose quartz in it and it's beautiful, you do it. Otherwise, you get yourself a big, thick, pink candle. Before we do anything, I want you to think about three areas, up to three areas in your life or concerns that you want to release, and I want you to journal about it. I want you to write it out. If you need to use curse words, if you want to cuss about it, if you want to pour your soul out, it's fine. Write it, because in order for us to transform, we need to admit it. Just like AA, we have to admit that there is an issue. When you're done writing about it, I want you to focus on one word that's going to represent each and every area. So, for instance, Let's say you wrote about how you're doubting yourself or about how much you have, you're not motivated or how much money you owe. And that's what's making you, every time you want to go out and be beautiful, you're thinking about the money that you owe to the bank. So let's say you came up with these three areas. You're going to write self-doubt, you're going to write lack of motivation, and you're going to write debt. Okay? So now you're going to take something sharp and you're going to... Uh, write and carve those words into the coffin. But every time you're going to write it out, you're going to carve that word, you're going to say, with complete love, compassion, and grace. Today I release. And you say whatever, and you carve whatever you said. So with complete love, compassion, and grace, today I release self-doubt. With complete love, compassion, and grace, today I release lack of motivation. With complete love, compassion, and grace, today I release that. And you're going to take three deep breaths, and you're going to anoint each word with the oil. You're going to light that candle, and you're going to let it burn completely. While you're going to take the soap, this is what we have for you guys in the kit, and the soap is kind of awesome because it has this Celtic nut on it. And the more you're going to wash yourself with it, the more that nut is going to open up. So it's going to continue helping you with your situation. Now, every word that you wrote on your coffin, you're going to write the opposite that you're trying to bring into your life. So let's say you said you wrote self-doubt, okay? So instead of... Um, self-doubt now you're going to change it with another word let's say self-doubt is going to become confident lack of motivation is going to become ambitious death is going to become affluent so you're going to take your soap and you're going to again carve into it and you're going to say with complete love compassion and grace from today and on i'm confident you're going to write the word confident with complete love compassion and grace from today on i'm ambitious with complete love, compassion, and grace from today and on. I'm affluent. You're going to take three deep breaths, and you're going to mark that with the oil. Now, while your candle is burning, you're going to use your soap for the next 21 days, at least once a day in the shower, just to wash yourself. Nothing complex. You're just going to wash yourself. But every time you hold that soap, hold it in your hand and take three deep breaths to remind you why you're doing it, what is the purpose of it. And now the oil is going to stay with you. And this is bringing me right back to what Miss Kat said in the beginning, is that I want you to put that oil on pulse points, like behind your ears, 
for instance, because it's going to heat up. And every time you're going to get stressed out, you're going to smell it and you're going to feel it and it's going to be great. So, yeah, this is a big, big, big spell, but it's going to be beautiful. I promise. Wow. Madam Nadia, that's gorgeous. And the link is in the chat room, so if you want to look at what this spell kit looks like, it's beautiful. You could, you can, um, of course, adapt this to your own supplies, but she's made everything right here. It's, it's gorgeous, and she has it for sale. So thank you, Madam Nadia, for that. It's a free spell, Absolutely. but it's also a spell you can buy. <laughs> so yes. we work it both. We work it both ways. All right, spiritual release, radical release, but it opens the way for love, and that's what's really nice. All right, folks. Well, I'm uh, going to turn this over to Papa Newt, who's going to give us our ending announcements. But before I go, I just want to remind you all, the uh, Hoodoo Heritage Festival, the 11th annual Hoodoo Heritage Festival, will be April 14th and 15th at the Santa Rosa Mystic Fair in Santa Rosa, California. Tickets are on sale now. There will be goodies galore. Four new books will be released, and we'll be talking about that in the days to come. All right, we're going to we're going to have Papa Newt take us out and then we're all going to come back and say goodbye at the last moment. Thank you, Miss Cat and Congressman Ali, and thank you, Madam Nadia of MadamNadia.com in Chicago, Illinois, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Real Workers will be Miss Michael of HoodooFoundry.com in California, bringing us the topic on strong and simple old-time tricks. Once again, we come to an end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo form at form.luckymojo.com and the Contraband Ali at the Contraband.com in Mission Bay Hill, California. I'm your announcer, Papa News. I'm joining you from PapaNews.com in Omaha, Nebraska. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to say thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you'll hear the familiar strength of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Wolf. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Good night. Apprenticeship Week is April 9th to April 13th, 2018, and it is free to graduates of my course. All right, everybody, let's cluster around the old microphone, and as the jug band takes us away, let's all say <laughs> good night. Good night. Good night, all. Good night. <laughs>